there are lots of lousy businesses, and there's lots of wonderful businesses. It's the art and science of money. My job has been to try and figure out which is which. It's Hi-Fi Radio from the Global News Radio Studios in Toronto with Hi-Fi Portfolio Managers. Here's Wolfgang Klein and Jack Hartle. Welcome back. It is Hi-Fi Radio, a show about high finance, a uh, show about money. Indeed it is. Uh, Jack Hartle is away. The cats shall play, and the cat is my little daughter, Siobhan. Hello, Siobhan. Hi. Welcome to the show. Well, hi. Well, hi. Are you going to be able to, uh, you know, fill, fill Jack's boots and uh, walk the walk? I'll try. Yeah? Talk the talk? Yeah. And walk the talk, one of, the, one of those. Anyway, we got some fun, Siobhan, right? So we got some guests okay. coming in today. Uh, they're going to meet you. We're going to talk okay. about planning a wedding so far in advance for you. But we're going to talk about it. We're going to talk about buying a condominium, something you're going to probably have to do one day, too. What about a horse stable? Uh... Perhaps. Uh, we have Brad Lamb in studio. He has all kinds of real estate. He owns farms. Uh, so you may want to ask him, in fact, if he has any horses on some of his farms. Brad Lamb will be in the studio after our interview here with Joe Farrell. Joe Farrell is a technician with Velocity. Um, he's a very good technician. Pays attention to, oh, so many different markets, currency markets, stock markets, bond markets, uh, global markets, um, resource markets. Uh, do you ever look at the futures as well, derivatives? You get into that uh, aspect of things as well, Joe? Uh, not specifically. Uh, I do get asked about it, but you know everything else I kind of look at filters into that, basically, Wolfgang. But as you've said, I, I try and get a real global macro technical top-down view, uh, and then every kind of the rest of my work just cycles down from there. Well, I like your work, and I appreciate you sending me your work. Um, I'll tell you what's really been catching my attention is the strength in the U.S. dollar or the weakness in the Canadian dollar. And it's incredible because uh, as many commodities go, so goes the Canadian dollar. And uh, you're seeing weakness in gold. You're seeing weakness in silver. Uh, copper, I haven't looked at too closely, although I do own Freeport, and the stock uh, got hit pretty hard this week, uh, down about 6% on uh, Thursday's trading activity. Um, but the Canadian dollar, you know, hovering at around 75 cents. Um what do you think? Is that is that the floor for the loony? Is there is there more downside uh, momentum for the Canadian dollar? Yeah, I mean, when I look at it, Wolfgang, I look at the flip side. USD CAD, as we had mentioned before, uh, USD CAD had a breakout at about one thirty one, one thirty two. I think as we come here today, sitting at about one thirty two and a half. So strictly on a technical basis. It has broken out, and uh, you can see technical upside on that uh, up to the 138 zone. Which would take the Canadian dollar to what, about 72 cents? That, that's correct. So the flip side would be down into the low 70s. Mm-hmm. Uh, crude. Uh, summer months are here. You know, a bit of an uptick in gasoline prices, certainly at the pumps. But uh, crude was strong, uh, broke the $70 mark um, for the summer months, uh, comes into a seasonal period of weakness, does it not? Absolutely, it does. And and again, I think when, you know, whenever I talk charts or markets, time frame is everything, Wolfgang. So clearly you are in some seasonal weakness. You are having a near-term pullback. But again, what I try and do for Wolfgang for, for clients is kind of lay out the bigger picture. Is the underpinning larger time frame bullish where we want to be buying a pullback? Or is it bearish where we want to be selling strength? I've been pretty unequivocal for the past year that uh, oil has broken out of a big, deep three-year base neckline at 55 uh, as I've said before, on a technical basis, it measures up over a hundred dollars. A hundred dollars a barrel. Yeah. So I, 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 again, this is kind of getting your time frame straight. Yes, in the near term, the Canadian dollar is weak. Oil's coming off with it. But again, you have to have a larger picture, and that, that's what I try and do uh, for my institutional clients. Not just looking at the last day or the last week, but really peeling back and looking what a three to five year weekly chart looks like, or even a ten to twenty year monthly. Uh, and in my work, uh, I, I'm pretty steadfast that oil has broken out of that base. 
Uh, I'd be a buyer. Of, but now again, again, it doesn't mean that it's going to hit bottom today or tomorrow. No, of course not. But again, my I try and deal with the institutions. All of my calls, Wolfgang, try to be looking out over the next six months to a year. Uh, I'm pretty confident that if I'm sitting here again with you over that time frame, uh, oil is going to be much, much higher. Um in terms of the two markets that uh, I pay most attention to is the Canadian stock market and the U.S. stock market. Um, next July, which is higher, the S&P 500 uh, or the TSX? I, I, again, I do like, I, again, when you look at Toronto, again, Wolfgang, people forget Toronto was at an all-time high just this week. The Toronto market itself... However, it, it really is not... It hasn't bested its high of, what, five years ago, I think it is. So, in fact, I'd say over a five-year period, is, is the market not almost flat? Uh, well, that, that that's the point. It's It's gotten up to this level a number of times in the last 10 years, and it's now just poking its head out to an all-time high. So for a technician like me, I get pretty excited. Basically, what we have is a 10-year basing formation called an ascending triangle. It's just poking its head out of it now. So I, again, led by kind of the things that drive uh, the TSX, Wolfgang Financials, Energy Materials, and Industrials, I've got an 18 to 20 more, 20, an 18-24-month target uh, on the TSX north at 23,000. It's 16,400 right now. Correct. So 20, 20 you said 24,000 on the 23,000. 23,000 that's another 7,000 points. Correct. Uh, that's a 50% move based on so the TSX. About 40 about 40% based on a measurement out, on a technical measurement out of that base. That's correct. But the valuation of the TSX right now it's at around what even to even does the way you should look at it, or enterprise value to to to, to earnings, but um, on a PE basis alone, the TSX trading at around sixteen times earnings, I would think. So if, if it were to move another forty percent, uh, is that based on stronger earnings, or is that just based on multiple expansion? I, I would think you'd have a little bit of both. And again, remember my call here is that we are late cycle. This is a grinding sideways market that's pushing everyone off before we get the final euphoric move up, Wolfgang. So, yes, at the end of a cycle, the uh, you know the the earnings are strong, the uh, you know economies around the world are strong, uh, and then kind of you get everyone pushing it in. You get that FOMO fear, fear of missing out, and everyone jumps in at the last point, which really kind of drives the end of the cycle. And we're not there yet, you believe? We have Joe Farrell in studio, Hi-Fi Radio. Good morning. Hope uh, your day's uh, teeing up well. Going to pay some bills around here, of course, and uh, help fund the cause, shall I say. But we shall be right back with Joe Frail and my little girl, Siobhan, right after this. Don't go anywhere. There's more great show after this. You're listening to Hi-Fi Radio from Global News Radio 640 Toronto. That's out on here, some money on Hi-Fi Radio, a show about just that. Money, money, money. It's important stuff. We need it. We need it for our kids. We need it to feed ourselves and take care of our families and take care of our futures. Excuse me? To buy a horse. To buy a horse. Yes, Siobhan, my little girl, is in studio with us today, filling in for Jack. Uh, Not quite as serious as Jack, but she's very serious about getting a pony. She asked for the pony at Christmas. Did it arrive? No. No. <laughs> someone still needs to buy me one. Mm-hmm. Not so easy to do, Shimani, living in <laughs> Toronto. But I don't live in a condo, but my backyard is not big enough for a pony. But she wants one. I guess I'm, I'm going to acquiesce one day, Joe, and buy my daughter a pony. 
Got to do what you got to do. Uh, let's talk about egg prices. Because uh, if I buy a pony, I got to feed the pony. Sure. And uh, what do we give them, Shivani? Flex of hay? Um, well, you, like, when you feed them, you do have to give them hay, but then you also have to give them, like, other stuff with it, like nutrition, I guess, and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So uh, NTR, uh, formerly, what was it, uh, Potash and Potash Ag- and Agrium. They yep. merged. Uh, that stock's been sort of meandering to the upside. Uh, that was such a darling combination of, of, of companies. Uh, we couldn't get enough ag uh, back in the early 2000s because uh, the world had to eat after all because the world was moving to a protein diet because Asia uh, was urbanizing and uh, their uh, incomes were rising and as such more protein. Uh, but it's a commodity and commodities uh, are always met with supply response. Uh, the higher prices, best cure for those is higher prices and that brings on new supply which lowers prices. And uh, personally, I think that's going to ultimately happen to the marijuana industry, right. uh, but we're not there yet. But let's let's talk about egg. Is uh, is it a place to be? Absolutely, it is. It's a late cycle performer, Wolfgang. In my uh, large cap Canadian model portfolio, Nutrien uh, is definitely in there. We run a portfolio thirty five stocks equally weighted. Nutrien is one of them. Again, I do a quant technical overlay. It scores well out of my seven hundred fifteen stocks that I pick from in Canada. And again, as a technician, what I really like here uh, is the stock has been in a beautiful two-year basing formation. It's nudging right up at the top of that base, Wolfgang. Just about $70. It's backed off a little bit here in the last week. I think it's about 68 right now. But I'm looking for a big base breakout here at 70 uh, on Nutrien, which should take the, stop, the stock up uh, 90 to $100. Uh, what else do you like? Um, in the U.S., uh, kind of a counterpart there would be CF Industries, another kind of late cycle ag play. It's about to break out here at 45. Uh, again, similar to Nutrien, which wouldn't be unexpected, a similar chart out of a two-year base. Uh, breakout of 45 would take that stock up to 60. Kind of to finish off on that group, one of my favorite quant technical setups out there right now, uh, Wolfgang, would be Methanex. Uh, Methanex has broken out of a five-year base to all-time highs. It just did that at about $85, $90, sitting here in the mid-90s as we speak. Uh, I think that that stock uh, is headed up 125 to 130 um, Methanex, they produce, what is it? Is it methanol? That's correct. And their feedstock is natural gas, correct? Correct. And are they located in the Middle East where they're getting very, very, very cheap feedstock? That's a good question. I, I probably wouldn't be able to answer I, 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 that. If, yeah. if the story hasn't changed, uh, yeah. I was on that yeah. stock about 10 years ago yeah. uh, when the stock was 30 yeah. and, and it was struggling. And so I let it go. Yeah. Stock's 100 bucks, as you just indicated. So it's amazing. Like, if you give these dogs time, they tend to, they can work out if, if, if they have good assets behind them. Uh, uh, others obviously go off the board, but it's incredible. Time can obviously be your best friend, which means investing in any kind of uh, asset, uh, specifically financial assets, stocks uh, specifically. Yep. Time horizon is so important because if you often get the timing wrong, but you buy quality, yeah. um, time can solve the problem. Well, and I mean, Wolfgang, you make a great point. That's where charts can really help on the overlay. Again, you know, over the last five years, Methanex hasn't gone up that much. Uh, it hit kind of the same level five years ago, but now it's grind sideways for five years, carved out that technical base, and now it's breaking out. So it's kind of five years it's been coiling here, and now at the end of cycle, it's breaking out. This is where you really, you know, you, you know in all my years of doing charts, when you find big base breakouts, something that's been coiling for two, three, five, ten years, and it breaks out, that's that's a train you want to be on. Um, a stock that uh, does affect you, Shivani, and that's a gaming stocks. Yeah. Uh, well, what game does Elliot play? Fortnite. Fortnite, which is owned by a company called Tencent. Um, what do you think about Elliot playing Fortnite? Like, what, what does that game do to Elliot, do you believe? 
Well, Elliot, Elliot's your, your big brother who's uh, a whopping 14 years old. Yes, and well. His, and his um, room is connected to your room. Uh, separate exactly. room. Exactly. But the wall between and, you, um, but uh, what happened? Fortnite no. uh, kind of like ruins like the way, like when I'm tired, it kind of like ruins like me trying to sleep. Why? Because at night he's screaming all the time <laughs> and I'm trying to sleep and I have to yell at him like 50 times, but he never listens to me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think it also ruined uh, David Price's pitching arm too. <laughs> is, is that yeah. really? Are yeah. you kidding me? Wow. Yeah. Well, I say that because the the gaming stocks are strong, um, and it, it, that's a very interesting business because the the cycle to, to manufacture to create a new game uh, is long, uh, and as such, they, they just uh, sell you add-ons and, and and keep the life of the existing games going. Yeah. Uh, Take Two Interactive stock looks like it's breaking out or yeah. very very close to it. Activision, another stock I pay attention to, very very strong. Electronic Arts, same thing, strong name. Uh, and, but I'm finding the, these names that are working best are very expensive. Yeah. Um, oh, so like, they're, they're momentum trades. Sorry, Shivani? Like, uh, there's this game I play. It's called Star Stable. And, um, like, to buy, like, new horses and stuff like that in it, you have to buy star coins, which cost, like, real money. So. Real money. Yes, indeed. <laughs> uh, Joe Farrell. Uh, star Rider. Yep. Chief Technician uh, at Velocity. Uh a treat to have you in studio. Uh, let's do this often. Let's do this again. Uh, we are going to talk real estate, Giovanni, uh, and maybe find out if, if Brad's got a farm with a horse on it. Good luck with that pony, Javon. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> uh, more Hi-Fi Radio coming up right after this. Money. Let's take a break. But after, Wolf and Jack will continue their in-depth discussion about money. You're listening to Hi-Fi Radio from Global News Radio, 640 Toronto. Well, you know what that song means? Brad Lamb. That's what it means. And me. And Siobhan. Uh, so, Shivani, I told you I'm bringing Brad Lamb into studio. Yes. Uh, yes, uh, Wolfgang Klein, by the way, host of Hi-Fi Radio, uh, Siobhan Klein, co-host of Hi-Fi Radio today because Jack is away. So the cats shall play. Uh, yes, uh, we, when we play Brick House, we play that for my good friend Brad Lamb. And I said to Shivani, he builds big buildings. And uh, she said, how big? And he said, well, it's bigger than the roller coasters that you like to go on. I've but never t- been on the Leviathan before. Pardon me? But I've never been on the Leviathan. Oh, well, you, you well, as you get a little bigger, I guess you'll go on the Leviathan. But um, No, I don't want to because it goes straight down literally. <laughs> <laughs> I said to you, Shivani, Brad um, is a real estate guy, and I think uh, he owns Yacht Farm. Uh, oh. 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 Uh, oh. Okay. So, so what are you going to ask him about those farms he owns? Um, well... Um, I, about your farms, do you have horses on your farms? Uh, well, all the farms that I bought, I've rented to farmers. Oh. And the farmers have uh, horses and cows and other such animals, yeah. I, but I don't, I don't ride horses. I don't have horses. Uh. But, but, Brad, you have a five-year-old daughter as well, don't you? I do, yeah. I mean, I've ridden a horse before, but mm-hmm. it's not uh, something I'm currently doing. Are you interested in getting your daughter into horseback riding? I am if she's interested. I keep I keep sure. asking her if she is. And yeah. she's she's so far said no. Yeah, because you know, kids what? change like Yeah, no, because Javon did a nice what? little one week at the How did uh, she say no? <laughs> But you're at the riding academy, right, Javon? But the C D grounds? Yeah, yeah, you told me yeah. about that. Yes, yeah, you did, yeah. Well, what a beautiful building that is. Yeah. Uh eh, Shimani? Mm-hmm. Very so historic. So many horse stalls. Like a lot of stalls. Walk. And they have the police horses there. 
they're pretty beautiful. Those yeah, the Toronto Police Horse are very nice. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Brad, uh, Donald Trump talking tough on steel, um, and I guess we had to retaliate. Uh, so it, I saw an article. It was um, Bloomberg uh, magazine, and it said uh, the price of condos could, in fact, go up because the cost of steel. Rebar, specifically, could go up. Mm -hmm. Uh, Have you noticed uh, a rise in rebar? Uh, Yes, um, although uh, steel uh, and aluminum are a small input in the cost of building it. It might be $2 a square foot or something like that. So it's not not a a major input. But I'll tell you that what happens, the, the bigger issue for us is that um, we went from selling uh, new condominiums in Toronto for about 700 a foot to selling them for 1100 a foot. Now, it's not as easy at 1100 a foot as it was at 700 obviously. <laughs> uh, and, you know, we had a $400 or a, you know, 60% increase in, in sale prices over a two-year period. So it's a massive amount of price inflation. So, of course, the people that run the trade companies aren't stupid. I mean, they're, they, they have large, you know, $100 million-plus companies, and they, they very much monitor our margins. And our margins exploded uh, for a very short period of time to a, a number that obviously is not sustainable. The industry won't allow that. Our margins were up over 40%. Mm-hmm. So the margins have come back down uh, to 20-ish, if you're, you know, 15 to 25, depending on how good you are at it and how lucky you are. Um, so everyone's now taking their their pound of flesh so so drywall is 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 now more more expensive drywallers are more expensive uh concrete supply is more expensive uh windows are have, have escalated dramatically in the last year and i don't think it's a result of of uh, necessarily cost i think it's it's a result of uh, uh contractors and suppliers uh, take their moment to to raise their prices and they think they can and they do it's amazing because because this, this system ultimately capitalism as we know it it does self correct it does uh, it does it, it's it remarkable does. Yeah. it just takes time for the mechanism to work yeah um, so let, let's talk about the mechanism getting some uh, outside forces uh, influencing it uh, in British Columbia of course uh, the uh, foreign buyers tax uh, what is it fifteen or twenty percent. I think it's 15 in I think it's BC. 15. It's 15 yeah. here, too. It's 15 here, too. And I think there was murmur of them even raising it further in British Columbia. Uh, you know, I haven't heard that, but uh, it's madness, really, to—, to, to uh, I, I think that's a terrible um, a signal to send to the world that, that we're closed for business. Um, you know, the thing is, when people—when when, uh, when, when, uh, foreign investors buy our new condos, they're not taking supply out of the system. They're adding supply. They're adding to the the construction supply. They're buying something from floor plans, and then the developer can build them, and those become units for rent or for sale later. That's a good point. So if a, if a let's talk Chinese sure. foreign investors, they're not living here. They're buying them for an investment. They don't leave them empty. By the way, that's a myth. They rent them. Mm-hmm. They're rented all over the city. So if we're not building rental apartments then what are we doing to satisfy the need for new rental housing? It's condominiums. And if local Canadian developers or, or investors won't buy them, someone needs to or we're not going to be building them, right? So it's it's wrong-headed to be taxing foreign investors in the condo business. It Interesting, is. Interesting, Brad. Uh, in studio with Brad Lamb, uh, Lamb Developments, Lamb Realty. Uh, Hi-Fi Radio is the show. Wolfgang Klein, your host. Siobhan, your co-host for the day. Uh, more of Brad Lamb right after this. Money. 
Listen, we're going to take a break. But when we come back, more money talk. You're listening to Hi-Fi Radio from Global News Radio, 640 Toronto. Well, sometimes they burn down and guys like Brad build them up. Yes, Brad Lamb in studio, developer, real estate agent, uh, broker, um, vertically integrated uh, individual, shall I say. Uh, Brad, uh, affordability. I have a 10-year-old in studio, my daughter, Siobhan. And as a father, it it really concerns me uh, as a Torontonian as to where my kids are going to live one day and how they're going to afford to live. I'm going to live at a horse stable. (laughs) (laughs) It was only so easy, Siobhan. But in Hong Kong, it requires 20 times the average salary for a resident to buy a home. In in, in London, it's 16 times the average salary to buy a home. Uh, Tokyo, New York, uh, greater than 10 times. Um, What do we have in Toronto? Do do you know the multiple in Toronto now to, to buy a average home? Well, the average home price is seven hundred and fifty thousand, and and uh, I think the average family income is probably seventy. So it's probably ten times. Yeah, the average family income in Canada is I think seventy, and Toronto's got to be higher than seventy. You'd think, eh? Might be. Yeah. It's going to be. It's going to be close to ten. It might it's be ten eight. times. Yeah. 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 What do What do you think of that multiple? Again, you, you have a daughter. Um, I do. And you know. I'll be buying my daughter a home. Yeah, but that's just it. So what about the you know uh, people who can't afford to buy their well, daughter a home? Well, listen, I, my, my responsibility isn't for the planet. It's for who I bring up. I understand. Um, but but this, is, this is my philosophy here on, on this, and it's, it's a little bit cold-hearted. Um, there are certain cities in the world that everyone wants to live in. Toronto has become one of those cities. You know, with the evolution of Canada and the change from Montreal to Toronto being the primary city, uh, Toronto is is a city where more people want to live in than we can sustain living here. And because of that, um, it's an expensive place. It's one of the reasons. It's a very expensive place to live. So if you're lucky enough to be able to live in Toronto, it's going to cost you money. If you're lucky enough to be able to live in Manhattan, it's going to cost you a lot of money. If you're lucky enough to live in, in central Hong Kong, it's going to cost you a lot of money. There's uh, going to be 10 or 12 billion people on this planet soon. They all want to live in the 20 best cities, but there's not enough room for them. So what is the, the human way of settling that? It's done with dollars. So if people want to live in the city, they're going to have to pay to live in the city. It's not going to happen otherwise. We can dream about it. We can pretend there's another solution, but there is no other solution. Unless we want to build housing and give it away for free, and I don't know anyone wants to do that. Government doesn't want to do that, and free enterprise doesn't want to do that. So I think that we need to look at alternatives outside of the city. That's the, I think we need to improve, uh, like, like other cities that have this problem, they improve their transit tremendously to the outside. We need to get a fast train system to the 905 and create hubs around the city that are a half an hour away by train that we can intensify, maybe not as much as Toronto, but maybe uh, you know more than they are now. And that's happening, by the way. It's not happening enough. Our, our local government, the municipal government here, dropped the ball in the, in, the, in the 80s. We had the best transit system in the world in the 70s, and now we have amongst the worst. And now it's going gonna, it's gonna to cost us to get where we need to be. But we will not have affordable housing in Toronto unless we improve our transit system. It's not going to happen. Fascinating points you're making there, Brad. Uh, I was in Berlin a couple months ago, and the uh, city blew me away. 
on, on, on many different levels. Their, their transit system was the best I've ever experienced. It was, it was in, integrated, uh, extraordinaire. Um, but something about the country of Germany, which I didn't know about that I, I recently learned about, Germany spreads its economic activity evenly, it appears, across the country. So there are no hubs of excessive activity. It's well dispersed. Um, Canada really has Vancouver, Toronto. Everyone wants to pile into Vancouver, Toronto. And I scratch my head, Brad, again, because I say we're the second largest landmass on the planet, Canada is. Such a big country. So we need to spread economic activity around. And then from there, perhaps the housing would come. I, I don't know which goes first, but I'm also want to ask the question, with all this development going on in Toronto, I have a 10-year-old daughter. Are we building any more schools? In the in the core, well, no. I think that uh, that we're shrinking the imprint of schools because the the number of children is is probably dropping, not increasing. So, we, you know, there was the baby boom where we had a maximum number of kids, and I think it's 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 decreasing. So there's there's uh, you know ebbs and flows where it changes, but I think um, uh, they are building new schools, but they're also destroying schools, um, and. Uh, you know, it's a new phenomenon having all these kids downtown. So the, that's my point. Yeah, yeah. Like, well, like the, 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 the Toronto has changed. Right, I'm born and raised in the city, and I can I still I'm in awe when I see what's going on in the city. But I, I'm seeing more strollers downtown now than ever, and I've yes. worked downtown my entire career. Uh-huh. Whereas back in the day, I saw no strollers, and at night it was a bit of a ghost town. There's warehouses, booze cans. You know what I'm talking about, yeah, right? Nice to go yeah, to them all. yeah, sure, sure. <laughs> there's a lot of booze cans. Yeah. Uh, do you ever own one? Uh, I owned a bar for a while, yeah. Not a booze can, eh? No, not a booze can. <laughs> although, we, although we opened after hours. And, and did you sell booze? Yeah, of course. <laughs> um, but my point was, uh, I have not seen one school built in the core of Toronto, yet I've seen an influx of probably a million people maybe in the last 20 years in the city. Yes, but only now are we seeing in the last couple of years because of high house prices that they're moving to condos because there was a stubborn uh, pushback from that. And now... Uh, home, I, I think couples have given up and they're saying, okay, we'll live in an apartment. Right. That's new. Yeah. Yeah. But so then you're speaking then about creating these hubs of economic activity. I think you're sort of on the same thought process as well as bringing to you from my, my notion of Germany. The, uh, one, the one advantage Germany has, it's a small landmass and they can get around by rail very quickly. We mm-hmm. don't have that here. So the, the reason why we cluster around these areas is because they, they're, they're, it's economically viable through truck and train to move people, right? We can't, we can't be flying uh, two, three hundred miles, four hundred, five hundred miles. Uh, you know, it, 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 the efficiencies aren't there. One of our biggest problems in this country, we have an inefficient transport system. But Germany has a very efficient transport system. So, if you want to be uh, two, two, two uh, hours out of Munich and and service Munich, you can. Yes. In that system, it's different here. We don't have the same backup with our transit and our trains and everything. It's you know, it's we're a, a long ribbon of a country, right? We certainly are. No, what is it, coast to coast? I think 5,000 kilometers is it coast to coast? 5,000 uh, miles coast to coast? I'd, yeah, I, I don't know offhand, it, but I'd say something. probably 5,000 miles. Yeah. It's just massive, massive. But yeah. that's, the, the, the telephone companies used to complain about just that. Uh, big landmass, a lot more poles, a lot more wire just to connect this uh, together. And hence, the, that's what they claimed. We had a higher phone bill. Along comes yeah. wireless. And yeah. ah, things have changed, <laughs> my good friend. Brad Lamb, you are a star. Uh, you build 
quality condos, uh, and uh, you're very resilient, uh, dealing in a challenging time. Uh, but I'm glad Trump isn't giving you too much grief these days. I don't want uh, Trump to upset Brad Lamb. All right? Uh, I think you could tangle with that man well, uh, and I'd be, I'd be voting in your camp. Coming up next, we're going to talk about planning a wedding. My good friend Chris Watson is going to join us and tell us all about how to do that right after this. Making money is the best. So how do you make more money? Life would be sunny. Back after this, you're listening to Hi Fi Radio from Global News Radio 640 Toronto. It is Hi-Fi Radio, and that is not the high fidelity of the show. No, 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 no. Uh, apparently, that song is uh, on the, what is it, Do Not Playlist uh, for Weddings? Do Not Play, Do Not Fly, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> First song I thought about, uh, uh, Chris Watson in studio uh, with uh, Katie, uh, the wedding planner. Uh, Chris Watson, friend of mine. Uh, Chris and I used to work in broadcast uh, many moons ago now. Boy, time flies, Chris, eh? Uh, um, we both had hair. Uh, yeah, we both had hair. Um, right, Javon? Yes. Yes. Yeah, you had a lot of hair. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, yes, the good old days, my good friend, the good old days. Um, but uh, you you left broadcast, as I left broadcast, I went to Bay Street, and, uh, well, you decided to become a, as, as a, you know, Jack and I say, a wedding crasher, sort of. Yeah. Uh, you buy yourself a, a wedding business, a, a Bellcroft Estate? A, a Bellcroft Estate, yeah. Yeah. And uh, for, Chris, that's located just off the 400? Yeah, we're uh, between Highway 88 and 89, um, just east of the 400, uh, just west of Young Street. So south of Barrie and north of Bradford. And a nice establishment. I went through the brochure, saw your website, beautiful photos, beautiful grounds, uh, uh, over 100 year, was it a tree farm? It was originally, it was in my wife Meredith's family, um, so we're the, uh, we're the, we're the fifth generation. Uh, it was originally a beef cattle farm, and hmm. her father bought it from his uncle in 1979. Um, he was in the tableware business and just wanted to sort of get out of the city. Hmm. And then about four or five years later, turned that into a tree farm, um, which was running up to probably five or six years ago. And... Uh, I guess 12 or 13 years ago, he just came up with the idea to do weddings. Um, so that was the genesis of the Bellcroft Estate. And you do you, you host a wedding in a barn? Yeah, we have we have two venues. We have a we have a, a actually two barns uh, that are put together. Uh, Century Barns uh, built in 1857, and we have a marquee tent. So two completely separate venues. We're on 100 acres of property. And uh, yeah, they're they're uh, both two distinct venues, and we run weddings basically the beginning of May till the end of October. So the wedding business is big business, and you know, there's just so many steps. I've been obviously married. I am a very happily married guy to Kathleen, yeah. and uh, we have three beautiful kids. And it, uh, it, but life does change. Um, planning a wedding uh, is a lot of work. Uh, so we got a wedding planner in the studio here. It's Katie. Katie, sorry, what's your last name, Katie? Wachowski. Wachowski. Katie Wachowski. Um, so, Katie, tell us about your business and, and what you do and how you dovetail then into uh, Bellcroft Estates. So, I am a full-service wedding planning company, The Event Design Co. We have a team of five of us, and we really like to, um, we set ourselves apart a little bit um, by creating custom packages for couples. So, we know that every couple has different needs, and um, we like to really sit down with them, get to know them, get to know uh 
where their areas of concern are, uh, things they love. We like to get to know their families even. And then we create custom packages. So we can even we can either help them with their full plan, do everything from start to finish. We, we really hold their hand the whole way. Um, or we can just be there on the day, really to coordinate and make sure everything runs smoothly. So I've worked at Belcroft Estate with Chris um, last year for a few weddings, and I just fell in love with the place. Um, it's a it's a beautiful barn, and it's a bit more of an elevated barn than some of the places that we've worked in that are a little bit more rustic and raw. So, um, and the couples that we've had there have just um, loved it and raved about it. So, um, working with the whole team, they're so fantastic. And when um, I was approached this year to help um, with their venue facilitation, I was super thrilled. Yeah. yeah. So we, we had Brad Lamb in studio. Uh, obviously, you get married. Well, you get engaged. You have to buy yourself a diamond. Ooh, that's expensive. <laughs> uh, and then, of course, you sit with Katie and plan your wedding and cha-ching along the way. Um, then you get married and you got the, what do the Italians call the basket with the money? Uh, the bumba. The boost box. The boost box. <laughs> the booster box. The, the booster box. <laughs> so hopefully uh, you get married and the booster box is full of uh, booster, I guess. Um <laughs> You have to buy a condo or a house. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it all gets so expensive. So at some point, you know, when you go through a plan, something has to give to make it work. Uh, don't want to shortchange the wedding. That's important. We're hoping it's a condo, but yeah, I know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so let's, let's talk cost. Um, first of all, Katie, to hire a wedding planner, what does that cost? Well, it really ranges. Um, for just a day of coordination, the average is about uh, 1000 to 1500 or so. Uh, and then for a full plan, it can go anywhere from about 3500 to 10000 it really depends. Um, some planners will will um, charge a percentage of um, the wedding, so about ten to twelve percent of the, f- the overall cost of the wedding, mm-hmm. uh, and some will just charge a flat rate, which is what we do. And how many um, uh, grooms and brides hire a planner? I didn't hire a planner. My wife and I planned. Uh, um, they a big, big fight over the uh, flower arrangement. <laughs> Huge fight. There's about a third. I'm of... not sure if they're carnation to roses. Boy, we fought over it. Can you remember now? Could have saved that money. Sorry. About a third of couples in Canada yeah. um, hire a planner. A third of yeah. couples hire a wedding planner. Wow. They're busy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Um, in terms of having the ceremony on site, Chris, uh, I guess you have to hire a priest or a minister? Uh, it's usually inefficient um, because if somebody is, is quite religious, they have to go to their, their church or synagogue of mm-hmm. record. Yep. Uh, but uh, most ceremonies there are approximately 20 to 30 minutes, and we have... We do have efficients on our vendor list, but uh, the people do hire efficients, which range, price range is, I think, you know, sort of between three and $700, depending on the efficient. Mm-hmm. Overall wedding, 100-person wedding, average cost, start to finish, your uh, your dress, fit and outfit and your, your wedding party, your, your food, your booze, the venue cost, all in. Well, the average wedding in Canada uh, comes in at around... Thirty to thirty-two thousand dollars. <laughs> that uh, that's, no, that's, that's average. That's average wedding. Yeah. Wow. Oh boy, you better keep tuning in to Hi Fire Radio, folks. We got to make some money around here because we got a wedding to pay for. Shavon's in studio, not yet. Shavani uh, in studio with me, filling in for Jack. Chris Watson uh, of Bellcroft Estates. He also brought in the wedding planner, uh, Katie, with him to help us plan the wedding. I guess we're gonna start planning this year for next year. Too late to get married this year unless you do it on a Wednesday. Hey, why not? Maybe on Hi Fi Radio, eh? Uh, look, we're gonna pay some bills and get right back to Chris Watson uh, of Bellcroft Estates right after this. Stay with us. There's more shows still to come. You're listening to Hi-Fi Radio from Global News Radio, 640 Toronto. I found a love for me. 
So that's a big uh, wedding hit, is it, Chris? Ed Sheeran's definitely bigger than the chicken dance. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Chris Watson, a friend of mine from my radio days, uh, owner, proprietor of uh, Bellcroft Estates, um, going up to 400, just off of Highway 89, if you're planning a wedding. Uh, I guess you do other events beyond weddings too, eh, Chris? Or do you specialize in weddings? 99% weddings, yeah. 99% weddings. We will do a few... uh, parties and some christenings and stuff but mostly weddings all right well look chris this is this is hi-fi radio so it's all about the money on the show here i'm a father i have a beautiful daughter also got two sons so you know hopefully i'm more beautiful <laughs> pardon i said i'm more beautiful I'm more okay siobhan i tell you what let's get this out, let's get this out of the way right now with chris watson they, they own a farm um what question do you want to ask chris about a farm he owns up at bellcroft estates uh oh uh wait let me ask you john if you got married what would you want at your wedding because like, Katie would help you line this I up. Want, She's like, a planner. I, I, okay, if, so if I had a wedding, yeah. I would want like a billion horses at my wedding. Do you want a bit? No, that's too, that's okay, fine, fine, fine. Um, how, many, like, how, many, how many horses? Like, like 10 horses. Horse-drawn like? carriage to maybe bring you oh, in. Oh, yeah, yeah, bring me in like uh, Prince Harry's wedding, how they like came out. And then like I have a bunch of horses and then like the guard horses. And then like they all bring me in and then like I like go and like, you know, do all that stuff. And then I go out like... In the in the carriage again, and yeah. they. So Chris, Katie, can you organize that? Yeah, Absolutely. sure. Yeah. So you could do that. We can't get you Pr- Prince Harry, but we we'll get you the horse and the carriage. It's just like like how the wedding was, just like the way it was. Yeah. Like how like I go in the carriage. Yeah. How romantic! How we absolutely have a, romantic! We have a, I, I more care about the horse part. Oh, yeah. as opposed to the groom. That's the only reason why. I just you know what you call you know what you call the man you're about to marry. He's called a groom. Yeah, I know. And what do you have to do to the horse? Groom the horse. You have to groom the horse. You're gonna so, marry your so groom. Go- it can be very confusing. You get the horse pick. You're gonna pick can your, your I, pick. Can I, can I marry right a that. horse? Yeah, easy. <laughs> um, yeah, Bellcroft. So, so tell us about the, about the venue a little bit. What, what you find interesting about your new career here, Chris? Because uh, I think it's great what you've done. Yeah, I, I mean, it, it, it happened like most of the things in my life. It was a little accidental, but uh, we've been running it now for three years, and it, it's been great. I mean, I, I like to think we're a unique venue. Um, we're you know close to we're close to the city, um, but still you know far enough away where um, you can have a a, a peaceful uh, great wedding on our estate and not be bothered by anybody. So you know a hundred acres, we've got a lot of amenities that people enjoy, um, and just really I mean if you go on our website, just some fantastic picture taking options. Uh, you know beautiful tree line tree lane lined laneway, uh, ponds, covered bridges lighthouses trees everywhere so it's um i mean it's um we like to think it's a fantastic sort of uh jewel north of the city so if i book my uh, wedding or my one of my daughter's weddings at bellcroft estates um who pays for what this day and age well what's what's customary uh you know uh, when i got married uh, my, my father paid yeah. for the bar it's um, about 60 40 so 60 percent of the couples are paying uh and 40 percent of the time their parents are paying or rich relatives and is it still customary for the groom's family to pay for the bar? Is that, is that... It, you know, it would. I would say that it, it really bounces around. Um, sometimes the, the groom and bride will pay for the bar. Sometimes it's the groom's father. Uh, I don't, I, Katie would be able to answer better, but I don't think that we've hit the stage where the, the, the as you'll be happy to know that you're paying for 
your daughter's wedding all by yourself. It's <laughs> <laughs> best news I heard so far today, Chris. <laughs> Thank you very much. Um, what are the what are typically the most unique weddings that you have uh, hosted at Bellcroft? Well, we've. I mean, they're all different. Um, uh, this uh, th- uh, probably the most unique. Uh, wow. Uh, we've had the horse-drawn carriages. We've had people land in a helicopter. How about that? Uh, Is that right? Yeah. We horse had a... carriages are better than helicopters. <laughs> I'd, I'd, I'd like to do both, actually. I'd like to have horse carriages. Mm. I'd, I'd like to have two horse carriages instead of the carriages. Instead yeah, of we've the had a, vari- a couple of helicopters. We even had a, uh, a gentleman that was a, a diplomat from um, Jamaica that landed in uh, basically the same type of helicopter that uh, the president in the, the U.S. uses. I can't remember what I don't know if it's, it's a... Sikorsky, but it was a large helicopter. So, um, and the, the the state and the barn or the tent can be you know decorated in a wide variety of ways. I've seen some fantastic. Uh, I mean, at, with the outdoor space, people are really utilizing that outdoor space, outdoor uh, you know couches, uh, tents, satellite bars, uh, lights everywhere. It, it it can be really. Uh, you can really dress it up. And oh it, yeah, and that, that's obviously uh, what Katie helps with. Absolutely. And, um, you know, uh, we try to, you know, it's a, it's a country, it's a country setting. Um, as Katie said, it's a barn, it's, it's, but it's not too rustic. So it can be, depending on what you want or what you need, it can be, it can be absolutely, uh, it can look, it can look fantastic, uh, dressed up with lots of flowers and lights and decorations. And, but you run the place seasonally. It only runs during the, the, this what's spring, summer, fall. Yeah. I mean, anybody that's been on the 400 in January, um, yeah, it's 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 just a it's just much better to ha- and we're primarily I mean we obviously we have indoor space but the the ceremonies are generally outdoors mm-hmm. so um, if you're lucky enough to get a winter day where it's you know ten degrees Celsius and you've got two centimeters of light snow on the ground it would look quite beautiful but for the reality is that that it, that happens once a year and then in terms of booking for Belcroft estates how far in advance uh, are you taking bookings now oh yeah we're, we're always taking bookings we're taking bookings for 2019 and 2020 right now uh, 2020 yeah well actually we, we really don't we we're, we might have one Saturday left for 2019 so it does uh, people are planning ahead and, and how many weddings can you host in a week would you do three four so we c- we're primarily the weddings are Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. So the most we would do would be uh, six. Friday, sa- yeah. Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now it's possible we have had people do requests of weddings on a Wednesday or a Thursday. Uh, I got married on a Thursday. Yeah. So it's it's um it's rare. So um, it's cheaper, folks. It is cheaper. Yeah. Oh yeah, big time. Yeah. And this is hi-fi radio, so I want to save you some money. Uh, just in case, what is what is it, Kate? The booster. The booster box. In case the yeah. booster box isn't boosted with cash. Yeah. Well, you need your money to buy me a horse. Yes, Siobhan. Siobhan, you know, I'm going to say you're, you're tenacious. Uh, you did a pretty good job on Hi-Fi Radio. Jack's, you know, going to be a little challenged, but I hope Jack's having a good time. And, well, if he goes away again, which he will, maybe come back and help us co-host the show. Chris Watson, I'm very proud of you. I'm very happy for you for your success uh, going from broadcast sales, as I did, uh, making a nice pivot uh, into the world of being an entrepreneur. And, uh, well, helping create some love, right? You're in the love business, my friend. Thank you. No, no, Bay no, Street for you and Green Acres for me. <laughs> <laughs> Bay Street's loaded with marijuana now. A lot, a lot of Green Acres there, too, apparently. <laughs> my good friend. Uh, Katie, good job uh, for joining us here on Hi-Fi Radio. Courtney, of course, our producer, always doing a very good job. Uh, it is my absolute pleasure to host the show each and every week on Global News Radio 640 in Toronto. You've been listening.
listening to Hi-Fi Radio with Wolfgang Klein and Jack Hartle, Portfolio Managers at Canaccord Genuity Wealth Management. For questions about today's show or any money questions you need answered, email Wolf and Jack at WolfgangKlein.com. Hi-Fi Radio, for the love of money. We'll see you next week.